And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's fantastic, phenomenal, always fun, usually somewhat fascinating. Friday, as we head into the weekend, not being afraid, even if the earth gives way or the mountains fall into the seas, because our help comes from the Lord. First, alrighty. Everybody just stand up and say, yes, we can, because it's the Christian self-help program. Jesus came to make you rich. No bad stuff ever, said no one in the Bible ever. The truth is that the self-help program for the Christian is very different from the worldly believer's Approach, And that's right, I did use worldly and believer together. The number one prescription from the Bible for your self-discovery is denial and death. <laughs> Woohoo! Next, let's talk about what Jesus called the true blessing for believers. The great blessing of being a Christian isn't even here and now. You realize that, right? We have a taste of the pie, but we can't have the whole pie. But a lead-up to that taste is in the understanding that you, 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 are in touch with the supernatural. If you received a revelation from God that Jesus is real, you are in touch with the supernatural. Let that piece of truth sink into your mind. And finally, I have reading glasses, and I've had them since I was younger. Okay, let's say almost 20 years. I know that some very blessed people do not need them, praise the Lord for you, <laughs> but I need a little extra help just to see clearly in this earthly journey. And I also know that every one of us needs seeing glasses that comes from the Lord. No, they're not for reading, but yes, they are for, for understanding God's heart and mind. <laughs> David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oive. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. Don't be afraid. It won't hurt you. David at he must increase.org comes right here to my Acer Chromebook. I say it's a dollar nineteen. I went online to see if uh, Noel might need one, and you know maybe to look at my Christmasy kind of stuff for her and so on and so forth. They don't even sell this anymore. <laughs> this one is so old. It's so old that when I open it up, there's puffs of dust that go flying in the air. That's how old that is. That's pretty old, right? All right. So you can email us. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. You can do that with your name or without your name. It's totally okay by us. And then you can also call in 972-445-0770. When you call in 972-445-0770, 
You get to talk to Captain Chris. That's number one. He, you know you're sailing in the right direction. That's number two. And maybe you get to win the lottery. Okay, no. I was just saying maybe. Anyhow, any topic is open for conversation, so I want to make sure people know that. So if you have a question, a thought, a comment, if you got something that's rattling around in your brain, maybe a praise report, maybe a prayer request, or maybe an answer to Bible trivia. Who replaced Queen Vashti when she displeased, when she displeased her husband, the king? Who replaced Queen Vashti? When she displeased her husband, the king. Ooh. If you think you know the answer, you are welcome to call in. That would be 972-445-0770, like we already said. It would also be texting 214-210-8483 or david at he must increase dot org. I just feel like I'm forgetting something, but then somebody's calling in, so that's good. I just want to say to everybody, I, I, I would name everybody individually, but you guys know I usually do this at the end of the show, uh, uh, texting to let you know how much I appreciate the birthday wishes. And then again, I am as old as I am. I am not old for a rock. <laughs> that's like, true. That's true, right? I mean, rocks are, now that's old, right? Uh, somebody's ready to answer the question? All right, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Uh, hi, Brother David. This is your Brother Ace. Hey, Brother Ace. How are you, my good, good friend? I prayed special for you today. I'm so glad you called. It's so weird. Sometimes when I pray for people <laughs> next round, they call in. It's just the weirdest thing. How are you, bro? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm blessed man. I'm highly favored. Amen. I, I, I agree with it, and I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're both that way. Amen. All right, my, my good friend. So Queen Vashti, not, uh, not doing the most brilliant thing, telling the king, uh, uh, nope. <laughs> Which is, you know, there's a lot of things you can say, but to a king, you, you kind of wanted to be careful since he can execute you on the spot. What, uh, what was the person? Who was the person that replaced her? Uh, uh, and that Esther? Or that is know. correct. Yeah, that's it. That is a hundred percent correct. It was Esther, and uh, uh, you know, she, it's it's a favorable book in the context that she was blessed in that position. And when they were going to kill the Jews through, um, you know, through Haman, when that whole process was going on, the, Mordecai said, yeah. "Hey, you're there for a reason." It's like, yeah, oh, that's it. That's it right there. Amen. That's, Amen. That's Amen. the key. Awesome. You know, that's quite the story. I, I like the story, too. Yeah. I know. We're going to teach on it. It's great. I just finished doing a study on it. We're going to do a teaching on it in the upcoming in 2022. Well, you've done a great job of teaching. I, I'm listening. I'm, I'm listening. I just don't always call in. I know. But really. uh, I, I'm listening. And uh, I like your teachings. I think they're right on spot. And I thank the Lord bless you with the spirit of truth. So we praise the God for that. Amen, brother. Love you. Love you in the Lord, my good friend. You too, my friend. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. All right. Love it, love it, love it. All right, let's do this. This is – now, I've done it before, and just so you can know, I'll do it you – know, this, is, this is our – almost completing our third year. So in the next so many years, I'll do it that many more times because it's it's so good. It's so good. And, and people get offended and stuff like this. It's like, why? Why? Okay. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 and 25. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, 
I'm just going to start with If anyone, well, who's that involved, Dave? Anyone. <laughs> you know, I'm just, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, we have a theological teacher in Texas that goes, well, that's not what it means. It's like, really? Then let, what does the next verse mean? For whosoever would save his life would lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Okay. So instead of it being everybody stand up, everybody stand up, everybody say yes, everybody say yes, we can, we can, we can do it, we can do it, Jesus wants to make us rich, let's go, let's go. Okay. Instead of that rubbish, <laughs> okay. I mean, I saw yes, man. I mean, instead of that rubbish, here is the Bible self help program. Ready? Deny yourself, lose yourself, find yourself. Right? So when Brian Griffin on the, on the cartoon wrote, you know, think it with, wish it, think it, want it, get it, whatever that was, he missed that. I'm just saying it's deny yourself, lose yourself, find yourself. Okay, there you go. Because in the Christian process, the only way for true creation to get it is to die to the sinful part. That's just the only way. There's no other. There is nothing else. You see, here's the deal. Here's the deal. God creates us, then we rebel, and then we have this sinful nature passed on from our parent. Adam and Eve. People are like, well, it was these molecule numbers. Okay, Adam molecule one and Eve molecule two. Anyhow, the bottom line is they they had offspring. We're all part of that offspring. And in that process. There was a nature of rebellion communicated to every piece of offspring. In this, Jesus comes and says, until that dies, you're never going to find who you were really meant to be. That's the key. And so then you get into the better theologies about talking about the law and how the law pushes the bad desires and bad desires lead to sin and sin leads to death. And you go through that process and that's great. But what I want you to get is if you really want to find out who you are, be less of you, not more of you. Don't put more of you on social media. Be less of you in a prayer closet. Be less of you separating yourself from uh, the world and from the influences and lose the need to be on stage and find the need to be on your knees. That is how you find yourself. That's how you find what your purpose was, what you were created for. In fact, one of the chapters in the book that I wrote, The Jewish Christian, talks a little bit about that, that when you do it in God, you come to an end to yourself and look to God and say, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't even know what would make me happy. And the irony is only God knows what would really bless your existence. So why would you go anywhere else? So you stop being God for you. You deny yourself. I deny myself. We lose ourselves. We all lose ourselves. And then we find ourselves. Isn't that just the coolest thing? Like, that's a cool program. And it's uh, free, except it costs the blood of Jesus. You are listening to the David Smoot Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. All of mankind destroying everyone and everything we find. 
Who is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon experience. They wanted to know what I thought of him. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his BA degree in ministry and leadership, as well as a master's degree of theological studies and is involved in a PhD program. He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. What is the David Spoon experience? Then he says this, don't be afraid. Why should you not be afraid? Because what fear does is immobilizes a person, stops them from moving forward, and it also eats away at faith. Fear has this way. It's kind of like if you think of faith as, uh, I'll do this now, as uh, uh, chocolate ice cream that has peanut butter in it, okay? Uh, That's faith, okay? Fear is like somebody drilling a hole underneath and then taking a little spoon and then pulling some of that faith down, a little scoop by scoop by scoop by scoop. And you don't want your faith reduced because God requires faith to us to engage with him in. That's his requirement. That's the vehicle by which he has chosen to engage with humanity. You don't think God could have said, it's me, you're going to believe, or I'm going to turn you into a fish. I mean, you don't think God could have done that? But he chose the vehicle of faith because that's what he wanted from those that would come to him. A confidence, an assurance in the goodness of God. So Jesus, the first thing he says, ignore it. Don't be afraid of it. And then he does this one radically crazy, nutsy cuckoo line. Just believe. And we use that in movies and in books and in fairy tales and all that stuff. We're not talking about any of that stuff. This is believing, looking at a situation just like Abraham did, just like we talked yesterday, how Abraham looked at the circumstance, didn't deny he was old, didn't deny he was past childbearing, and said, I'm just going to believe God anyway. Uh, That attitude of just believe, it's taking a stand in the framework of your faith that says, I'm not moving. Here I am. Call me Bulldog. I'm right here. I'm not going nowhere. My faith is solid. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Somebody's been hanging on for quite some time, so... Uh, you want me to go to that first, or do yeah, just do that first? Okay, ring away. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. This is John. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, John. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing really good, and I want you to know uh, that the Lord has spoke to me, and uh, and uh, it's really incredible. But I've been wondering 
on the scripture you read a while ago, a few minutes ago, I was going to call you when I got home. I was coming home and uh, from Waxahachie, and I, I was going to call you and ask you when you said earlier that you take calls that uh, uh, about the young man who, when he came to Jesus and told him that, uh, you know, he'd done good all his life, and Jesus said, well, then go and sell all your stuff and uh, give it to the poor, and then come and take up your cross and follow after me. My question is, how would they know what he meant when he said take up your cross when he hadn't been there yet? Okay, excellent question, by the way. Let me just point that out to you, just so you can know. What's great about that question is... The cross was not new in the society, in the culture. The cross was, in fact, our electric chair. It was the mode of crucifixion. It was the mode of punishment. So what Jesus was telling him is, hey, you know this great life you have and this luxury and you love it and it's fantastic and you're very wealthy? All that's got to go. But he didn't say that to everybody. He said it to that guy primarily because that guy would not forfeit those things now in order to follow the Lord in his journey. That that call, though, is the same call that everybody gets. Is there anything that we're not willing to sacrifice? What is our riches? It might be money. In his case, it was money. But it might be relationships. It might be children. It might be parents. It might be property. It might be a whole bunch. It might be a career. It might be an ideology. It could be anything. But Jesus is like, got to die, and then you come to me, and you follow me, and then we'll see what happens. It's like, you know, it's like it's it was the call for him to die to himself right then and there. I got you. Does that, it's an amazing thought, though. It's like, I mean, I, I, I didn't come into the kingdom that way, and I'm not, I don't know how I would have responded, but boy, he must have had it really bad. And I think maybe Jesus said a little bit of that because he was merciful to him, but, but the kid was thinking, well, I've already done all that. It's like, nah, no, you haven't. <laughs> yeah, he could have he could have stooped down and started drawing in the sand for him. Exactly. Excellent point. Good job. That's a that's a great reference point right there. Hey, excellent, excellent question. And you call anytime with questions. And even if I don't answer it to the you know, like the the satisfaction you may have, you just ask it and just get the ball rolling and get your brain kind of thinking about it. And then eventually, it seems like the Lord brings people around to these things. Well, the the beautiful part of it all is I've been wondering who I would call, and then I thought I was listening to your show, and then you said call in. I thought, wow, I can ask him that question. And then you you brought it up. (laughs) I thought, how incredible. Fantastic. And you know you have an open door here, so never hesitate, okay? Thanks, Dave. Y'all have a wonderful day. God bless you. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Great job. See, we didn't even get rolling. Do we have – what are we doing? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, there's no way I'm missing this. It's my birthday, so just, you know, everybody slow down there. Here's your trivia question. <laughs> Poor Chris is laughing. All right, this is not difficult. I'm not even going to let you guys make this difficult. True or false, Noah had four sons. <laughs> I don't even, I'm not even sure I should have to ask this question, but okay, I am. Uh, true or false, Noah had four sons. True or false, if you think you know the answer, you can uh, just let me know. Uh, 972-445-0770. You know, according to the movie that they did in Hollywood, you know, okay, <laughs> I'll just leave it there. Uh, so you can... <laughs> 
call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, David, at he must increase, uh, dot org. Okay? We have somebody that's ready to answer because they want me to be quiet, I am sure. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. Hey, Gary. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm making it. How I, are you doing? Good. You know what? You making it is is great. I mean, even if you're just getting through to me, that's a wonderful. And I am doing really well. I'm just I'm so happy I don't have to have the crutches that I was using for that time period. But then, you know, the very first day they get you out of the crutches, then you do too much on your leg. Like the very first day. It's like, oh my goodness. Well, I'll so, pray for you. I'm, you need to. I need, I'm, I'm just thinking maybe I should put bubble wrap around me. <laughs> it's like maybe that's what I need. All right, my friend. It's a straightforward, straightforward question. True or false? Noah had four sons. That's false. He had three sons. That is correct. Sham, Ham, and Japheth. That is a bonus correct. Good job, Sham, Ham, and Japheth. Excellent job. And, and that, that was not overly difficult, but if you're in Hollywood, they think there's other people. So I just, you know, just stick with the book. God created the universe. He can write a book. We'll leave it there. <laughs> right? right. E- excellent job, my brother. I appreciate it. Well, I'll continue to pray for you and uh, hope your condition Im- continues to improve. Thank you so much. I appreciate that greatly. Okay. God bless. Thank you. Okay, God bless you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Now, in lieu of time, I'm going to have to just move everything back. I don't care. It's fine, right? Oh. oh, yeah. Like, you're really sad that we're not doing those jokes yet. I know that's not true. All right. Let's <laughs> let's get to the text. Uh, sticking in the Matthew portion, I want to talk about this. Uh, this DDD is called Blessed Just to Know It. Matthew 5, uh, 16, 15 through 17 says, He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Now, everybody knows this answer that's coming. I mean, everybody who's a Christian knows what's coming. Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And it's such a great answer. What's so funny about Peter is great answer, dumb reaction, great answer, dumb action. I mean, just like, just, it's like he is uh, maybe atypical of all Christians. It's like, brilliant. Okay, not brilliant. Brilliant, not brilliant. Here's brilliant. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I mean, that's just wonderful. And Jesus answered, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Wow. Okay. Listen. This is really, really important. Who do people say that Christ is? Now, listen to this. Some people think he's kind of like a John the Baptist guy who's just a wild guy who goes out there and, you know, uh, dressed up weird and has weird things to say. This is what the world thinks. Some people think, and in the other passage, he's like Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the great prophets. And it doesn't matter what any of those people think. It doesn't matter what— it matters what you think. And that's the ultimate answer. It's like, what do you think? Who do you say I am? And that's the answer you have to have. And so he says, you are the Christ, Jesus. And then Jesus' response is, blessed are you because you know this. And we're all looking for blessings from you know, crackerjack boxes and lotto tickets and winning free pizzas and the whole thing. And it's like, dude, you're blessed just because you know who Jesus is. Matthew 16, 17 says this. Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. 
Here's what I want you to get. This is why this is a cool little teaching. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe that he is the Son of the living God, that he is the Christ himself? Do you believe he is the Messiah? If you believe that, humanity did not teach you that. You did not capture that or catch that. It was revealed to you. Same word for revealed is to pull the layer back so it can be seen or understood. It's kind of like opened up or it's a revealing process is really what it is. And the revealer is God Almighty. For you to believe that Jesus is the Christ means that God, the king of the universe, in your personal life, pulled back the covers in your mind and said, look. And you went, wow. That's This is real. Wow. And it means that you received a revelation. This is just going to blow your mind if you just follow. From heaven. As if any of us were worthy to have Jesus die for us. We already know that's ridiculous. But God pulled a piece of our brain back and went, take a look. It's my son. And you went, yes. Talk about being in touch with the supernatural. Talk about being blessed. You might never have any revelation in your life that's even close to that. I mean, you might have great interactions with that, but that one revelation is such a miracle. And I just I just laugh at people. Oh, well, you know, God's not doing miracles. Thousands of people are getting saved every day all over the world. Thousands of people have God stretching his hand into their brain, pulling back a piece of it and going, look, and they're going, wow. That's called a revelation from heaven. I love this one preacher. He said it so good. Before he really understood and grew up in the Lord, when he first got saved and he first got through the whole process, he would walk on going, you know, I'm in touch with the supernatural. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, but that's true. That's why that's even funnier. And every moment you see clear is another moment of depth of revelation that God gives you. How cool is that? All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. 
Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Because what we're getting is this snapshot of Jesus. And there's a lot of stuff that we do, a lot of stuff that we say, but at no point should anybody ever lose what's going on here. And when we get into our Philippians teach tomorrow, you're going to see how very specific Christology, the study of Christ, fits into play on Jesus Christ being honored uh, above all and understanding how that this snapshot of Jesus plays into or leads leads us into the understanding of the superiority of Christ. Nobody else was fully God and fully man, period. And so nobody else can represent God to man or man to God. So in this situation, we get to see that Jairus, he has a 12-year-old daughter. She's dying. Not uh, not good news. This woman who's got this bleeding issue, issue of blood, she comes up to Jesus, uh, touches him without saying anything. Jesus has restoration and healing for her in physical, social, and psychological aspects, which is just uh, wonderful if you think about how Jesus—Jesus cares about the whole person doesn't care about a part of a person. cares about every inch of you. If you're doing well physically, but you're not doing well psychologically, Jesus cares about that. If you're doing well psychologically and not doing well physically, Jesus cares about that. If you can't have contact with people and you feel like you're completely isolated, Jesus cares about that. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's KAAMN 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. Here is a very difficult trivia question. Okay? you uh, Unless you have this on the top of your head, which would be very, very, very impressive. Uh, you may have to look up the book, name the prophet Hosea's wife. So you'd have to look up the book, right? And you'd get it in the first little bit. Name the prophet Hosea's wife. Ooh. I know that stuff. Don't, 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 don't understand. Okay. I will give you a hint. Well, go away. Let's see if you can figure that out. That's a good hint. You like that, by the way? That was pretty good. Well, go away. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was really actually a really good hint. Somebody might get that. Uh, if you think you know, 972-445-0770. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then it's you can also text in 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, David, at he must org. The first two people that respond spelled the name wrong. <laughs> okay. Now, it could be that there are different translations that are using a different. Just make sure, okay? Go! Okay. 
Well, yeah, yes, Sergeant Carter. Okay, anyway, let's see if you guys can figure out where that's coming from. Yeah, okay. Uh, what are we doing? Uh, oh, yeah, we got to do the website, huh? Do I got to? I just think, but I got so much going on in my brain. It's like, uh, you know what? Go to the website. Great place to give. Hint, 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 hint. Website, he must increase.org. Website, he must increase.org. He must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Alrighty, so we want you to check that out. Somebody's calling in. I hope that this goes well, but you can only do the best you can do, right? So let's ring through and see what happens. This is David. Who am I talking to? Uh, this is Bobby from Climax. Hi, Bobby from Climax. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I remember they all had symbolic names because uh, one of my favorite Bible verses is Hosea 4 6. Okay. Uh, but I think her name was Gomer, and the other two, they all had names that had to do with the way God felt about uh, Israel and about how he's showing Hosea how how much he loved Israel and how she ran around on him. But that is correct, my friend. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now listen to this. I, I'm just going to say my hint. Well, golly. Well, that was from Gomer Pyle, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, that. When you said that, I was like, I know that name, so I just read it. You know, <laughs> when you said that, I figured it out and had to find my phone. Yeah, it's a classic. Great job. I think he says it like Shazam, Shazam, Shazam. <laughs> oh yeah. That's and great. Uh, when him and Carol Burnett got together, they were hilarious. Oh, that was funny stuff. All right, excellent job, my. <laughs> friend excellent work on the on the radio i just really appreciate it good work well god bless you y'all keep up the good work all right thank you have a great weekend you too bye-bye bye-bye oh that is just so funny okay it's just like one of the best right there I just hold on i'm jotting that down that that's one of the best and by the way so john had called in in the last segment not this one but in the last segment and asked a question about the rich man right I'm telling you right now, I mean, just I got goosebumps like this. My teaching in this segment was going to be in the fourth segment, but going to make it the third segment is exactly on that. I mean, I didn't pull anything out or anything. Right here, right here. Uh, just wait till I get there. But before you get there, uh, remember it's my birthday, and uh, therefore uh, we're going to do jokes now and history in the next one. Is that okay? But we did do the website, right? All right, you ready for the jokes? Okay. Now I've done these, these ones. But it's my birthday, so I get to do whatever I want, right? Okay. Ten top ten things people won't say when they see a Christian bumper sticker or a fish on a car, right? Have we done this? We've done comes similar, but not exactly this. Here's that uh, number ten. Look, let's stop that car and ask those folks how we can become Christians. <laughs> how often does that happen to you folks? Never. Okay. All right. Uh, nine. Don't worry, Billy. Those people are Christians. They must have a good reason for driving 90 miles an hour. <laughs> These are too good not to share. Uh, number eight, what a joy to be sharing the highway with another car of spirit-filled brothers and sisters. I don't even know what that means, so I'm just going to pass on that one. Uh, number seven, isn't it wonderful how God bless that Christian couple with a brand-new BMW? Yeah, that's just uh, wonderful. Uh, number six, Dad, how come people who drive like that don't get thrown in jail? Uh, Dad, can we get a bumper sticker like that, too? 
See, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta think on some of those. Uh, five. Stay clear of those folks, Martha. If they get raptured, that car's gonna be all over the road. Okay. And then uh, number four. Oh, look, the Christian woman is getting a chance to share Jesus with that police officer. <laughs> He's great or what? Uh, number three. No, that's not garbage coming out of their window, Bert. It's probably gospel tracks for the road workers. It's so funny. Number two, oh boy, we're in trouble now. We just rear-ended one of God's cars. And then number one, quick, Alice, honk the horn or they won't know that we love Jesus. All right. Those were pretty good. Come on. All right. Those were, if you're not laughing. All right. Now, from funny to amazing. Okay, so I have in my hand what I was going to do in the fourth segment, but I'm doing this third segment simply because uh, John had called in and asked about this. And I just want to read it. It's from Ray, Pastor Ray. And what's it about? <laughs> it's Matthew 19:20. What do I still lack? A young, I'm reading Pastor Ray's material. We'll go from there. A young man. So this is a secondary answer for, for John. It gets kind of like a bonus. That's kind of a good way to do it. A young man knew something was missing in his life, so he approached Jesus and asked, What good thing shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? If you want to enter into life, Jesus responded, keep the commandments. Jesus listed a few commandments, and the young man assured him, All these I have kept. What do I still lack? This story is told in each of the first three Gospels. Combining facts, we know that he was rich, young, and some kind of ruler— probably in a synagogue, a righteous, obedient, successful, upstanding citizen. But he knew there was more to life than what he was experiencing. Maybe that's why, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. That's the Mark 10 reference. Jesus knew that he was about to what he was about to ask would be hard but necessary. Following the law was not the way to eternal life. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told them. Go and sell all your possessions, and then you uh, give your money to the poor, and you have treasures in heaven, then come follow me. You knew, he knew exactly what was standing in the way of eternal life for this young man. Eternal life is not possible apart from Jesus. And he will challenge you on whatever is in your life that keeps you from following him. For the rich young ruler... His wealth was his God. See, now, now you got it. I believe Jesus also felt—this is Pastor Ray. I believe Jesus also felt compassion for this young man because he knew the sorrow he would experience. Indeed, we're told when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had such great wealth. Was there hope for the rich young ruler? And this is Ray making a reference to a Bible scholar. I like what this Bible scholar said. Looking at him in his own sincerity and, er and earnestness, Jesus loved him. And he loves those who are his own. And although we no more hear of him, who that day went back to his rich home, maybe he became very poor. Maybe he became very sorrowful. We cannot but believe or hope that Jesus, who loved him, taught him that the poverty of earth was treasures in heaven. What's holding you back from a deeper relationship with the Lord? That's the whole point of what I want to get to anyway. Do you feel sorrow over what is lacking in your life? Surrender what is holding you back. There is hope and there is life because Jesus loves you. And so it's not even complex. 
It is fascinating to do a study on this simply because it appears as though the commandments that Jesus referenced to him were uh, the six commandments of man towards man and not the commandments of— so the first three ten commandment of the Ten Commandments have to do between the person and God, okay? Then the fourth commandment on the Sabbath, it's not that God needs a break. Okay, God's not, oh, I'm tired. I need I need time away from the kids. I need the puppies to go away. It's for our sake. So the first three are towards God. The fourth one is for ourselves, And the bottom six are for one another. So three, one, and six. That's the 10, that's the Ten Commandment breakdown. And so it's thought by many scholars that mostly Jesus just concentrated on the six because he already knew that the guy didn't have a relationship with God like the top three. And so he was trying to get him to get away from the law, the sense of righteousness in the law. And there is something to be said where when you and I are obedient or when we're doing the right things, there is a confidence that builds up. But you always know, uh, even if you're confident, it's it, your goodness is never good enough. It's just never enough to make the grade with God. It's not that it's a bad thing. Don't get me wrong, but you always know that if you're if you're a genuine born again Bible believing Christian, that there's just there's just this need for grace and this need for mercy in order for you to make it. You know it. You know, I, which is why I like this Sermon on the Mount Pirates, because it's like, you know, there's a spiritual poverty in you, and tossing that unto the Lord is is every answer that could possibly be for your life. Just pour it onto him. What is holding us back from a deeper relationship with the Lord? That's the thing that needs to be crucified. Okay? All right. Uh, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. This last one is a barn burner. Most of my life it feels like I've been running. Running and running. What is the David Spoon Experience? Ladies and gentlemen, it's been my privilege in my past. I've been a Christian for a short time, only about 40 years. But when I was in my first year, I had a chance to meet James Robeson, who had a chance to pray for my brother and myself. Uh, very helpful at a very needful time as we were fighting our way out of a Christian cult. And uh, he prayed for clarity. And uh, it was just a pastor's gathering in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, I have the privilege again of interviewing one of what, what I consider to be one of the great men of God who are still with us on this planet. And I just want to give a wholehearted welcome and open door and open heart to James Robeson. Uh, thank you, sir, for being a part of our show and a part of our audience. Well, David, it's a pleasure to join with you, and I'm grateful that praying together was uh, meaningful to you and a very important part and point in your life. So just joy to be with you and your listeners. Now, David, can I just download what I believe is the heart of our Heavenly Father to your listeners for a few minutes? Yes, please, by all means. When I spoke to the leaders before the election, and I talked about the need, this is in Washington, there were nearly 2,000 pastors and church leaders there. And I said, I'm telling you, there are people right now who are being captivated by the Jesus they see in some of our lives. And I said, listen to me. We have a fatherless nation, desperately in need of a father. If we, as believers, as Christians, who have the perfect father, if we would show people clearly what the family of the perfect father looks like, 
I believe the fatherless would run to the father and the father's house. And I believe that. I said that to the President of the United States. I said, sir, your children say you're a good father. Eric Trump happened to be sitting by me when I first said that. Eric said, he's a great father. I said, well, he may be, but that doesn't mean he's flawless. I do believe that we need a father, and I believe we can pray and God can raise up people that have a father's heart. And so I began to emphasize the church revealing what the father's like. Now listen to me. We as believers comprise the body of Christ the body of born-again, baptized into Christ believers who are born from above. We have a perfect Heavenly Father who reveals His will. He's not willing that any should perish. He said, you call on me and I'll heal your land. Now listen to me. Christian believers, we're not looking for a champion. We've got one. He's the only one that rides the white horse. We're not looking for a king. We have a king. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. That's Jesus. He holds kings in His hand. Our king, our shepherd, our father said, come to me as my family, and you ask me to heal your land in desperate need of healing. You come in humility. You come knowing I'm the only one that can heal, and I can use imperfect vessels to accomplish my perfect will. I always have. I always will. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here is your last Bible trivia question from this show on this day for this week pretty good right uh in the book of acts and you guys should know this because i talked about this yesterday which couple tried to de- t- tried to deceive the apostles now, the book says greedy couple but let's just say in acts which couple tried to deceive the apostles just think x chapter five that's all you got to think. Uh, if you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. It is also history that we need to do. And uh, so we shall do that as well. Let's play our history song. Let's go Okay, dokie. Now, that is not actually encouraging people to live in the past, so re- relax, everybody. <laughs> it's just a song. That's just we'll use it. Okay? Uh, today, on this day, it's Advocates Day. I think that's only cool primarily because of 1 John 2, 1. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. That's the same Greek word that's used for helper, intercessor, and advocate, parkalitos, uh, for the Holy Spirit. And that is the word advocate means a person who supports, publicly supports and recommends a particular cause or policy or person. And what you got to know is that the Holy Spirit supports you as a person and Jesus Christ supports you as a person. Boy, you, you just don't need more. It's like, okay, we got it covered. It's National Roof Over Your Head Day. That's good. <laughs> Sometimes you, you just know that some roofing company did this, right? No way it could be anything else, could it? It's like, Nash, Nash, I'll have a roof over your head day. What? 
I don't know. Eh, all right. Uh, it's Be a Blessing Day. That's always good. I like that. Uh, National Salesperson Day. I thought it was Be a Blessing Day. You can't have both. No, I'm kidding. And then, <laughs> come on, that was good. And then also National uh, Green Bean Casserole Day. Do you like green bean casserole? Not my favorite casserole, but I'll eat it. Okay. You know, that is exactly how I feel. Now, I will say Aunt Deb, she makes uh, these one vegetables. Uh, I can't remember what they're called. And she puts this spicy stuff on it. And it's just, like completely different. But it's not like the old cream, uh, the, the green bean casserole where you took the mushroom soup and you just threw it on there and threw some of the, you know. Okay. All right. uh, 1775, first official U.S. flag raising takes place on a Navy ship. The ship was called Alfred. Okay. Uh, 1988, Barry Sanders wins the Heisman Trophy Award. Now, remember, he he ran for the Detroit Lions, Barry Sanders, and he ran almost as much sideways as he did forward. And if he had been on a team that had anybody that could do anything, that guy would have had 10 times, 10,000 times the yards everybody else. I mean, I love Emmett, but Emmett had a line. I mean, come on. <laughs> Whereas Barry had... Like, the life ends, and that was all you had to know. And then uh, finally, uh, 1948, 7-inch uh, 45 RPM record. The new format was announced by RCA in an article in Billboard magazine. Billboard magazine was the magazine you used to read when you were in your 70s. Okay. Are we done with that? Uh, I meant 1970s. Uh, are we ready now? Is somebody going to answer that? Okay. This is David. Who am I talking to? Oh, this is Bobby again. Uh, I forgot to tell you happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, uh, the answer, uh, we just had this in church last Sunday, so it's fresh in my mind. Ananias and Sapphira or Sapphira. That, that's right. The first time was the right time. Ananias and Sapphira. That's the couple. We're going to talk about them actually on Thursday a little bit more in depth so you'll have a, a chance to kind of use what you learned. And then if there's anything new we can add, that'll be great. But they were the couple that were trying to impress. <laughs> it's like that didn't go very good, did it? <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. Uh, uh, they were going to show they had so much money to give and uh, keep back a little bit. And, yeah, uh, and they keep it back. That was fine, except they lied about it. And that was not fine. Yeah. So there was a big deal. Excellent job. And I greatly appreciate the birthday wish. So thank you so much. God bless. Have a good weekend. All right. God bless. All right. Now here we go. We're in the big clothes. Da, 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 da. This is called Reading Glasses from God. <laughs> uh, I got my 15 pairs spread out all over the place. I got like, you know, one in this room, one in this room. I got one in my bathroom, one by the Bibles. I got one. It's all over the place. All right. First Samuel 16, uh, six or seven. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and uh, said, certainly. Now, this is a prophet. I just want you guys to catch that. So when he, there's Eliab and he goes, certainly the Lord's anointed one is here before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his stature. Because I have rejected him. Now, that is not a rejection for salvation, people. He's rejected him as king. Man does not see what the Lord sees, for man sees what is visible, but the Lord sees the heart. Christians cannot live their Christian life by looking at the appearance of things and then giving the assessment of our knowledge. B. 
because the scripture is clear, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And it's also what looks like on the outside ain't always what's on the inside. Do you know, I mean, we, what's, our, what's our equal proverb today? Don't judge a book by its cover, good or bad. We as humans have the tendency to look at things from human perspective, but what God is trying to do is get us to understand that he sees like a laser right through into the heart. We need to understand that mankind does not see what God sees. I, I, can't, I can't say this in, in enough different ways to make it any better. The way we look at things, the, the Scripture says in the New Testament, we walk by faith and not by sight, okay? What that has to do with is us processing not just situations, not just circumstances, but all of life with uh, faith, with the understanding that God is in the picture, and not just by observation alone. It's not that you don't look. It's just that that's not the depth. That's not where God goes. God goes deeper. And who was it who made this mistake? I want you to understand why this is important. It was Samuel. Samuel has like, this is the only negative thing God ever said about Samuel. And this guy was around for ages. It was incredible. I mean, this guy was, a, you know, he was fantastic. But God's like, okay, Sam, listen, wrong. <laughs> okay, wrong. We don't look at the outside. We look at the inside. Okay. Now, I want you to see how fast he put his lesson into practice. The next verse, Jesse called Abinadab and presented him to Samuel, and Samuel said, the Lord hasn't chosen this one either. So how did Samuel know? He stopped listening to himself, and he started listening and waiting on the Lord, and he was waiting for God to go, that's the one, lots him. Okay, it's not really Sean Connery as God, but I'm just saying, you know what I'm going with that. And so we need to see through God. And before just making a quick evaluation to show how smart we are, it's one of my worst habits. Okay, I'm in church, and the pastor asks a question. Stupidest thing for me is to be anywhere around the front row, right? How many did that? I'm screaming the answer. You know, it's like slow down and wait on the Lord. And oh, by the way, just because you know it doesn't mean you should shout it out. <laughs> that's that's one of the things I'm trying to learn. Anyway, he listened and he waited on the Lord before he responded. And so when Jesse brought in another son, he's like, nope, I'm not getting the ding, ding, ding from the Lord. So no. But in the first time he went through it, he was like, well, that guy looks impressive. He must be the one. All right? Mm. What's that other proverb we use? Looks can be deceiving. Uh, uh. Where do you think all that comes from? We need to be waiting on the Lord, understanding that our external glasses do not always work the way that God's glasses work. Because... Much like the Word of God, which lasers right through us, God sees right into the core and knows exactly what's going on. The reason that I bring this up is because I, I do this wrong all the time. I don't feel bad. I'm growing. I'm growing. In it. I'm learning. And you guys probably are 
uh, doing that as well. Just be aware it's a premise of being more sensitive to the Lord and being aware that he's trying to, he'll tell you ding, ding, ding when it's time. You don't have to fill in the empty air. Okay, You can wait on the Lord. Those that wait on the Lord, they'll renew their strength. I mean, waiting on the Lord has a, a ton of advantages. Big deal here. See things through God. Listen and wait for the Lord. Don't just listen to yourself and don't make an appearance judgment. Let the Lord give you the wisdom. Uh, I want to tell you the story, but I just don't have time. But the bottom line is it can be the difference between the manifestation of the kingdom of God and the manifestation of your flesh. Yeah, I've had enough of those. I don't <laughs> I'm trying to go the other way. You know what I'm saying? All right. All right, folks, I pray you have a wonderful weekend. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 72-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Thanks a lot for all the blessing that you give me. Thanks a lot for all the ways that you have cared. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.